Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 184 is entitled Revenge. As mortals, we live with a multitude of niggling contradictions, petty parasites, infinite decisions, kaleidoscopic temptations, roller coaster emotions, multitudinous feelings of rising Fahrenheit and plunging Celsius, ever struggling between good and evil, right and wrong, love and hate, freedom and captivity. On a normal day, the sun will shine and the rain will fall. Thunder will crack and lightning will strike. However, there is a defense, and it is found not in the head, which is the seat of logic, but in the heart, which is the seat of wisdom. It is the head that we must educate, but it is the heart that we must guard. The English poet Clough said, Play no tricks on thy soul, O man. Let fact be fact, and life a thing it can. His words have become my motto. I think of those words whenever my judgment begins to become clouded with emotion. The head fortifies us against foolishness, but the heart fortifies us against sin. Combustible hate consumes us. Pure love expands us into our true godlike potential. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 7-8 God is pure love, a concept that is not easy to grasp and even harder to execute. But we must understand that love and hate are not abstractions, mere platitudes that please the ear. Love and hate are sources of great power, even overwhelming power. When we give ourselves to hate, it gives Satan power over us. We are easily led by any power that feeds our desire for revenge. We can be so consumed by hate and the desire for revenge that we shut out the finer parts of our nature. Hate holds us captive to the person we hate. Love frees us from the person we have reason to hate. Christ said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men do revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew 5, 9-12 The word love itself represents freedom. Earlier I said that God is free because he is law. Perhaps I should have also said that God is free because he is perfect in law and perfect in love. The two great commandments teach us to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we live the law of love perfectly, the weight of mortality would be lifted and all problems in the world would be resolved. After reading the podcast, a close friend who was recently divorced wrote, When you are hurt very deeply, by someone who promised to love and protect you and your sweet children. It's really hard not to hate his guts, and that hatred toward him is a powerful emotion. But what you are saying is truth. Forgiveness heals the hate. Think about one commandment, love your enemy. If we could follow that commandment perfectly, no one could have power over us. 
They may rule our actions, but they could never hurt our feelings or conquer our spirits. Love expands us. Hate consumes us. The only power our enemies have over us is that which we give them through the consuming fires of furious hate, our blood boiling revenge. Rage, revenge, and railing are evil regardless of the cause or the perceived justification. It is the way Satan works. God alone can make laws. We mortals that we are have only the power to make decisions whether to obey those laws or to disobey those laws. We have no power to alter them. True forgiveness drives out hate, but should not drive out wisdom, caution, or common sense. Jesus said, Be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Often we should seek justice where justice is due. Jesus drove the money changers from the temple. Hate, however, may cause us to sin by seeking revenge. Returning railing for railing or harboring anger that feeds itself, making our condition worse. Rage motivated by justice is no different than rage motivated by injustice. However, loving our enemies doesn't mean that we must associate with them. David saying, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Psalms 1.1 We should never relegate our freedom, agency, or liberty to another. We should never give our free will to friend or foe. We should never relinquish our will to a cause, no matter how noble or how just. We should never relinquish our will to sentimentality, guilt, loyalty, love, duty, obligation, profit, wealth, power, position, reward, or fear. If they cannot stand for us in judgment, we should not let them stand for us in conscience. Forgiving someone their trespasses against us does not require us to accept their behavior. We may even be required to confront them, or to resort to legal means to stop their evil against us, or to redress our wrongs. Reason demands that we stop any behavior that causes us harm by whatever legal and moral means available. If we can do something to stop someone's evil behavior toward us, we not only bless ourselves, but we may also bless them. To forgive someone of their trespasses doesn't mean that we allow them to continue their trespasses or to injure us unabated, nor does it mean that we forgive them their sins. Only God has the power to forgive sins. It doesn't mean that we blind ourselves to the truth, nor does it mean that we do not apply the laws of the land to stop their evil behavior or force them to restore that which they have stolen. To be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves, means that we seek justice, but not revenge. We demand fairness, but do not feed hate. To forgive others means that we release them from having any more power over us beyond that which mortality allows. Others may have the power to chain our bodies, but only we have the power to chain our minds and our souls. They may have power to rule our actions, but we must ever maintain the power to rule our spirits and above all rule our hearts, always allowing room for Christ and for forgiveness. The first step toward forgiving our enemies is to remove hate. Hate, contention, anger, disputations, rage, revenge, and riot are of Satan and drive out the spirit. Wrong does not justify wrong. The actions of others, no matter how deplorable, can never give us license to sin. We forgive personal offenses. Christ alone forgives sins. No matter what we may feel toward them, no matter how many times we may forgive them, even 70 times 7, they are still held accountable before God for their actions. 
We may release their accountability toward us, but there is nothing we can do to release their accountability before God and the law. Forgiving others releases us from the bondage of hate and sets us free. It does not release our enemies who are bound by the chains of their own self-deceit. Judgment is in the hands of God. A thief who robs us of our wealth is a dreadful beast, but a thousand times worse is he who robs himself by allowing offense to keep offending. Anger to increase in anger. Revenge to increase in revenge until he is propelled by evil and paralyzed from doing good. I've even known people to stop going to church because of some real or imagined offense. Sacrificing one's own eternal progression and the eternal progression of one's spouse and children for generations to come to punish another for an obtuse act is a sad revenge. Church doors must be open to all people. If the Lord banned everyone from going to church who said an unkind thing or made a careless mistake, then the number left, as Mark Twain would say, would be so small as to be hardly worth the saving. Being upset is not a sin. Seeking justice through legal means is not a sin. Seeking revenge is a sin, for it is driven by hate. Hate drives away the spirit and delivers us over to the power of Satan, who is driven by hate. However, we are human, and being human, we struggle with ambivalent feelings. For example, we may want revenge, and seeking justice satisfies our desire for revenge. Do not forego justice simply because it also satisfies our lust for revenge. The answer is obvious. We have the intelligence to evaluate the desire for revenge, and at the same time to evaluate the need for justice. Often we must simply do what is right, even if it also satisfies a baser desire. Again, I appeal to the poet Clough. Play no tricks on thy soul, O man. Let fact be fact, and life a thing it can. If we can answer with a good conscience before God, that is the only real measure. Seeking justice and offering forgiveness are not mutually exclusive. For example, allowing a predator to go free to prey on others so that we can satisfy an unsteady conscience demonstrates false charity and does no good for us and may do great harm to other innocent victims. We need a strong and stable justice system. On the one hand, vigilantism places our soul in jeopardy, putting us on the level of the one who sinned against us. On the other hand, the purpose of our court system is to allow an unbiased jury and a wise judge to settle disputes, thus freeing our conscience no matter how harsh the punishment. How evil is it and destructive to freedom when lawyers, judges, juries, police officials, politicians, and all others in power become corrupted, except bribes and thwart the justice system. Sometimes we torment ourselves over feelings which are natural. For example, we may understandably delight in the suffering of others who have wronged us. Charity, of course, demands that we do not feed furious feelings. However, we cannot always control how we feel but we can always control what we do. Even our imperfect courts, by calling impartial juries, are set up to keep us from exacting revenge. No matter how harsh the punishment, we are freed from guilt as it rests on the strength of the law. Those laws protect us from ourselves as well as protect the accused from unlawful punishment. In all cases, we must seek the safety of the law, thus shielding us from the very criminal acts of which we accuse others. Better to wrestle with conscience over unkind feelings than unlawful deeds. Those whom the earthly courts do not punish because of imperfections in judgment, the perfect courts above will exact justice, tempered with righteous mercy. 
I have often used the following words from Hamlet. King Claudius, with the blood of his brother on his hands, tries to pray but cannot. He said, In the corrupted currents of this world, a fence's gilded hand may shove by justice, and oft tis seen the wicked prize itself buys out the law. But tis not so above, there is no shuffling. There the action lies in his true nature, and we ourselves compelled, even to the teeth and forehead of our faults, to give in evidence. What then? What rest? Try what repentance can. What can it not? Yet what can it when one cannot repent? Always keep in mind that God is omniscient. Nothing fools him. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at ronaldmesser.com.